Well, uh, tonight we're, I'm gonna. I was gonna attempt to finish up what I had. I would definitely finish that up, and then I have the new stuff ready. But I'm not. I don't know if we'll get to it or not. But um, I'm gonna go ahead and pick up in our introduction that we were covering in Timothy. Uh, does any? I, I mean, we only have a few points left. So if you need a handout, uh, I think Amy has one. Uh, do you need one, Lance? Uh, Ron, do you need one? Okay. Bob, you need one, brother? Okay. There you go. We'll be on page page two, probably. I'm certain. So, Second um, Timothy chapter chapter. Well, we're just going chapter by chapter in an overview. Then I'm going to dive down. If time permits, I'll I will go ahead and jump into uh, where I was going to go in chapter one. But and we'll come back to that. But for now. Just a quick overview where we've been, uh, high level. I'm not going to go through every every blank, but we've talked about uh, you know the importance of last words. That's where we started off, and these are Paul's last words to his son of the Lord Timothy. We talked about his two imp- his two imprisonments, his trip to Spain, his arrest, uh, and then we started this flyover of Second Timothy chapter two. In uh, the first point, we saw his final identification as he was identified formally, personally. Uh, and then we saw the seven ways that Paul identified himself in the first chapter, which are listed in your notes. And then we had a, a, another session where we talked about his final instructions in Second Timothy chapter 2, his uh, attributes of his instructions found there. His, um, his, his under, instruction was understandable, applicable, repeatable, and teachable, uh, and is also memorable. And so um, that is a that is just I was mentioning when we went through that it's a great outline. Uh, it's measurable and transformational, and uh, and then of course it became fruitful in his life, uh, and, and of course in his son in the Lord. Um, he had a fruitful follower in Timothy that was a son, a steward, a soldier, an athlete, a farmer, a teacher, a student, a vessel of honor, and a servant. And we covered those several years ago as well. Uh, that was good for me. And then the thing that we left off on, that third chapter, was the final warning to Timothy. And and that brings us, uh, I talked about that, uh, the prescription for the last days was found in Second Timothy chapter 3, uh, 14 through 17, uh, you know, to continue in uh, good fellowship doctrine and translation uh, the power over the perils of the last days we talked about doctrine reproof correction instruction for righteousness and the promise uh, to the man of god in second timothy three seventeen. so that's a good place to, to jump off and jump into our study tonight in verse 17 he says that the man of god may be perfect thoroughly furnished unto all good works and then as we get into second timothy chapter four um uh, we see the first five verses. He says, I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing and in his kingdom, preach the word, be instant in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort, with all long suffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. But after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. 
Um, so uh, he has, uh, in verse 5, he has some admonition there. He says, what you need to do is watch thou in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, make full proof of thy ministry. So uh, not quit, not take your ball and go home, but suck it up, buttercup, stand in there, and be a good example of Jesus. That's what the preacher is supposed to be doing in this time in history. That's what Timothy was supposed to be doing. And, of course, we, we know from history that he uh, likely died in Ephesus doing that very thing. And so, um, I have, uh, excuse me for shuffling here, I had some paperwork in here that was with Christ Soccer Academy, had nothing to do with this, this series. So. Yeah, the, ball, the field is 150 feet long. Okay, so, so Paul was a preacher uh, in 2 Timothy chapter 1. We Just a re- review of that. He was a master professor who sets forth a pattern for us in 2 Timothy 2. He's a prophet who warns us of the perils of the last days in chapter 3, which is exceedingly profitable. Uh, we saw that last week. Finally, we hear from him as the prisoner. And uh, this is where we finish, uh, where we started, right? In his final charge that we just read in these first five verses. So in this charge, this final charge to Timothy uh, that we read in verses 1 through 5, what is he supposed to do? Well, preach the word. Basically, that's the final charge. Uh, so if we want to just walk away tonight with this, like if this is it, the end of the road, uh, we could walk away with this and we could use it. Uh, and that is, number one, preach the word no matter what. Uh, preach the word no matter what. In season, out of season, repro- reprove, rebuke with all long suffering and doctrine. Preach the word, period. I know in a difficult season in my life, in the mid-90s, I watched one of my pastors in our church. That's what he did. And I remember watching him literally as he lost weight uh, because of the stresses that was on him. Um, uh, he preached every Sunday. He never stopped. And he, he was consistent. you know. And for me, that was credibility because consistency over time is credibility. Now, God will judge, ultimately. I don't know the heart, but God does. But I tell you what, being uh, committed to preaching the word is a major deal. Uh, especially if you've preached, you know, it's a, it's no light thing to, you know, to prepare and get yourself ready to preach, uh, with some of the other things. But Paul's like, Hey, I was in the deep. I was doing this. I was doing that. You know, I was a prisoner here. I was a prisoner there. And yep. And all of that, you know, in addition to all of that, and then I got to take care of the church daily. So Paul's like, not, uh, if, you know, he's not feeling like, you know, he's a, he's a soldier when it comes right down to it, spiritually speaking. And this is kind of the mindset he's giving uh, to Timothy. It's like, uh, there is no discharge, son. I was talking with Joe Sparks as, a, as an idiot, novice, not understanding anything, uh, about at one time talking about um, Okinawa, because he invaded Okinawa. And, uh, and you know, statistically, he's lucky to be alive. I, I it was a ridiculous... Uh, uh, I can't remember. I think I'm thinking. I'll, I'm, I don't know if this is. I need to verify this, but I'm thinking. I'm remembering it was like a sixty percent. I mean, your your chances of living were like forty percent, not, not not sixty. So he saw a lot of people dead, and he was you know he he was talking about how um, you didn't want to make a friend, right? Because you couldn't bear the loss uh, of losing your friend, um, and so. So he saw a lot of bad things, and he wasn't even saved at that time. Uh, and then I and I said, "Well, what what happened if you got wounded?" You know, uh, and he just laughed. I mean, it, it was so intense. There was just no evac in that particular battle. Uh, he, I mean, there's just no there's no escape, and it just made me. It just really set in on me. I'm like, wow. 
and there's no there's no medic coming there's nobody you are you are here with your rifle and this is it pal and uh, you've been put here you're deployed here and chances of you making out are slim to none so you know go forward this is your mission and just you know uh, i didn't i don't get a chance to talk to very many people that have been in that intense of a battle i mean i have my uncle I know lots of people, I know several people even here, uh, maybe even you, Bob, have been in combat, and so I'm not minimizing anyone's combat. But that was an epic, literally an epic battle, you know, a very, very, um, man, there's only one way to go, and that's forward, you know. Um, not to mention all the other things that went on uh, during that, that battle. But the, my point of bringing that up is no matter what, you have to go forward. No matter what, you, I mean, that's your only option. I and mean, that's really what Paul's telling Timothy. Hey, Timmy, there's only one way to go. That's follow Jesus. No matter what the difficulty is, uh, there's no other option. So preach the word at a moment's notice. Be instant, right? In season, out of season. Preach the word no matter how you feel about it, right? Um, you know, Whether you feel good or you feel bad, it doesn't matter. You preach the word. The word comes first. Preach the word in, in a manner which reproves, rebukes, exhorts with all long-suffering and doctrine. I think that's really important. Sometimes we like to reprove, rebuke, and exhort, um, but you know you got to do that with all long suffering and doctrine. And so uh, that means we have to be patient, and we also have to make sure we're solid in the Word of God. The teaching of the Word of God is preeminent. Um, it's one thing to be an exhorter or a rebuker or a reprover, but you got to have the, the long-suffering, the character of Christ, and the teaching of Christ has to be uh, the preeminent thing. So preach the Word when the church won't listen, because sometimes they're going to have itching ears and they really don't care what's being said preach it anyway preach the word when the church turns a deaf ear to god and chooses fables over the truth and you know we were just in the pastor meeting talking about uh, the lineup on wednesday nights and i was just rehearsing why like for instance we teach spiritual gifts here and i was reiterating to the pastors look i'll teach it or you teach it but if we teach it we got to teach this because we're really giving a response to all the craziness that's in the church. So it's listed as spiritual gifts. If you say we're going to teach spiritual gifts, people will come out of the woodwork, but they're not going to get here what they're going to get, you know, uh, their Enneagram, Myers-Briggs test, whatever. Uh, there are all these things out there. They're just not biblical, right? So we want to stick to the Bible. And, and so we make sure that we do it with long-suffering and doctrine and other people listen. And I was actually telling them that I won't give you names, but we've taught spiritual gifts here over and over throughout the years, and we've had members that still don't understand spiritual gifts and, and think the gift of prophecy is some charismatic version of, of a word-faith type of thing. And it's just like, okay, I don't know what else to do, but I told them directly to their face. I've taught it from the pulpit. I mean, I don't know what else we're going to do. Paul says, don't worry about that. Just keep preaching. Just keep preaching the truth. And I'll take care of the teaching, right? The Holy Ghost is the teacher. Um, and then, yeah, you know, suck it up, soldier. That's really what he's saying. Pray and watch in all things, warrior. Endure afflictions while you are at it. Do the work of an evangelist because people will be uh, going out as fast as they come in. And, uh, man, I need to hear these words myself sometimes as I'm teaching them to you guys. It's important because it is, you got to stay on mission. You can't get so caught up in it's not easy either. I mean, you care about people, and we are to care about people, but at the end of the day, the mission is the main thing. You've got to stay on mission no matter what. And God will test you at times uh, with that. And make full proof of thy ministry. 
And so uh, that's what we got to do. So that's really what we see in verses 4 through 5. So we'll pick it up in verses 6 through 13, as this is a flyover. I'll dive deeper on this, all of this stuff here in the weeks ahead. For I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth, right from here on out, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day. Not to me only, but unto all them that also love his appearing. Do thy diligence to come shortly unto me. For Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world, and is departed unto Thessalonica. Cretans to Galatia, Titus to Dalmatia. Only Luke is with me. Take Mark and bring him with thee, for he is profitable to me for the ministry. Antichicus have I sent to Ephesus, uh, and the cloak that I left at Troas and Car- uh, with Carpus. When thou comest, bring with thee and the books, but especially the parchments. Especially the parchments. And so this this point B, final request of Timothy. He's requesting these things of Timothy. First of all, he lets Paul knows let him Paul lets him know that he's ready to be offered, right? He's ready to go home, uh, and he's also saying, "Hey, come quickly! I need you to come quickly because my time is is near." And bring John Mark because he's profitable uh, to the ministry. Uh, bring my coat, bring my books, but especially bring. The parchments, right? Bring the words of God. Bring the letters, uh, because those are so important. Um, so he has these final requests. He's got the final charge in five, uh, four, one through five. He's got a final request of Timothy in six through thirteen, and then he's got this final report in ten through eighteen. Uh, uh, we've read verse ten, so we're in verse thirteen. He, after that, he says, "Hey, I want to tell you about Alexander." Verse fourteen: uh, Alexander the coppersmith did me much evil. <coughs> The Lord reward him according to his works, of whom uh, be thou where also, for he hath greatly withstood our words. Who's that remind you of? Kind of reminds you a little bit of Pharaoh, right? Pharaoh withstood Moses in the words of God. Yeah, it's kind of like that. And so, uh, at my first answer, uh, no one stood with me, uh, but all men forsook me. I pray God that it uh, may not be laid to their charge. Man, what a sweetheart spirit he had. Verse 17, Notwithstanding, the Lord stood with me and strengthened me, that by me the preaching might be fully known, and that all the Gentiles might hear, and I was delivered out of the mouth of the lion. So we see there Paul is hearkening to Daniel, right? And also literally, uh, probably delivered out of the mouth of a lion, perhaps, uh, you know, in Rome, uh, maybe in a, we don't know, but he could have been delivered out of the mouth of a lion in a Colosseum. He could have also been speaking metaphorically of Nero. Uh, that we don't really know all those details, so all of those things are possible. Uh, uh, and so, uh, whatever the case, he was delivered, for sure. And then he goes on to say, <coughs> um, uh, verse 18, And the Lord shall deliver me from every evil work and will preserve me unto his heavenly kingdom, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Uh, and so uh, here we see the final report, uh, the notable and the notorious, right? That's what we see in verses 10 through 18. The notable is Timothy, but not only Timothy. He talks about Demas and, and uh, Cretans and Titus and Luke and Mark, John Mark, right? So he's now notable. He's profitable for the ministry. Hallelujah to you. And all. so he has Carpus, and he has all these notable people that he's working with in the ministry. And then he's got 
the notorious, right? Uh, not the notorious B.I.G., not the notorious Conor McGregor, but the notorious Alexander the coppersmith, who did him much evil. Um, and so, uh, all who forsook him, uh, Luke, uh, who stayed with him, in verse 11, uh, those who sent uh, are listed, those who hurt him, uh, which, of course, would be Alexander the coppersmith, did him much evil. So, that's the final report. And... Uh, Man, I tell you, you don't want to be on that. I, I don't want to be on that list uh, of someone who's hurt them in the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ, especially as they're getting ready to go home. And and on their heart and mind, they literally are saying, hey, I'm getting ready to see Jesus. I'm in a really giving, gracious mood. And uh, I pray for those that forsook me, nothing's laid to their charge. Oh, but I will mention Alexander the coppersmith, that rascal. You know, stay away from him. I mean, that's that's a pretty bad uh, that's a pretty bad uh, remark. That's a pretty bad report uh, to go with the word that's in the fill in the blank there, right? So, that's a bad report. And there are those types of evil folks, uh, and they are evil. So, but Paul reports also that among all the difficulties and all the departures and all the things that went on, the Lord stood with him, and praise God for that. Uh, Paul stood for the Lord, and the Lord stood with him. So that's something we can take home and use. You know, if we stand with the Lord, the Lord will stand with us. Um, And so he's already stood for us uh, once. So the final words to his son are what we see here in the last verses in verse uh, 19 and 20. Salute uh, Prisha and Aquila, which is Priscilla and Aquila, and the household of uh, Nesiphorus. And uh, Erastus abode at Corinth, but uh, uh, Trophim- Trophimus have I left at Miletum sick. And uh, he goes on to say, Do thy diligence to come before winter. Ebulus uh, uh, greeteth thee, and uh, Pudens, and Linus, uh, he's with the... Uh, uh, Oh, Charles Schultz group, and Claudia, and all the brethren, and the Lord Jesus Christ be with thy spirit. Grace be with you. Amen. All right, so his final words, of course, are, you know, come quickly and grace be with you. Amen. And so uh, he is ready for the Lord to come quickly, and he is ready to himself go home quickly. And so the Bible is our last words before leaving earth. Uh, And so these are Paul's last words before leaving earth. Uh, He has a final identification, his final instruction, his final warning, and his final charge. And so that concludes my flyover of the book of 2 Timothy. And um, I am prepared to continue on into my next one. We're kind of running tight on time. So... um, are there any questions or comments here? I'll pause. I don't know if I should jump into point one or not, but um, let me just pause. Let me just I'll start afresh when we come back because I think that would be better. Because there's a lot here. I got a lot. It's like switching, switching gears. We're going to actually go back to chapter one. So this was a flyover chapter, the whole book, and then I'll go back to chapter one and dive deeper. So, uh, so you've got you've gotten really where we're going already, but this will. Uh, we'll have more application to go through, and so I'm ready. <laughs> so um, I'll just I'll just I'll just pause it there. So um, this has been this will be an encouraging study, hopefully for us, and uh, and then we I need to be praying where we go from here after t- Timothy. So I'll be praying about. Or I may go to the Book of Judges. I've been in my first Judges. And I'm really stirred up about it. Yes, sir. Can you go to number three? Uh, 
Yeah. Final warning number. Uh, let me run back through that. Final warning, final charge. So chapter 3. Yeah, final warning, chapter 3. Uh, so the final warning is, is chapter 3. Point A is the perils of the last days in verses 1 through 13. Um, leading into that, we heard from Paul as a preacher. He reminds us of our identity as a son in 2 Timothy 1. Um, and then a, a master professor who sets a pattern for us to follow in chapter 2. And we go over chapter 3. He is the prophet who wants to uh, uh, use the perils. And so the perils of the last days, he, he tells us about those. Um, do you have in your notes the attributes he mentions or numerous? Did I put a, that in there? Self-lovers, money lovers, boasters, proud. It's all it's listed in your text in the, te- in the Bible. So verse 13. So he gives us all the different things there um, that, that we're facing today. So we covered that a few weeks ago. Uh, and then point B is the prescription for the last days. So he gives us the perils and then he turns around in that text in verses 14 through 17 and gives us the prescription. Uh, and point one was continue uh, good teaching. Right? And the things which thou hast learned hast been assured of, knowing whom thou hast learned them. In verse 14, uh, so Timothy, um, you know, he was assuring him that he wasn't going crazy, um, that, you know, things are crazy, but you're not. So just stay focused, grasshopper. Uh, so point two was continue in good fellowship in verse 14, uh, continue in good doctrine, verse 15, continue in good translation in verses 16 and 17. Hold fast to the faithful word as you've been taught. So that is uh, 1, 2, 3, and 4 under point B. So it's it's good teaching, good fellowship, good doctrine, good translation. Uh, and then point C is the power over the perils of the last days, uh, which is, uh, again, very simple. A good outline we all know from John or from 2 Timothy 3.16. Doctrine, reproof, correction, and instruction. Doctrine is knowing what's true. Reproof is knowing what is false so that we know what needs to be corrected. Correction is actually correcting that which is wrong, and instruction is how to do that which is right. And then lastly, point D is the promise to the man of God. The promise. The perfect and complete promise there. In verse 317, he says, uh, that the man of God may be perfect or complete, right? Thoroughly furnished unto all good works. So it's the promise to the man of God that he is complete. He is thoroughly furnished, um, filled on the inside, and things flowing out, right? The fruit of the Spirit. He is furnished unto all good works, doing what God called him to do because he is who God saved him to be. So that should wrap up everything. You got any more blanks? Okay. Any other blanks need to be filled in? This is a good teachable outline, um, so you know, be feel free to use it um, as needed. It's just the Word of God. It's so I like I like Paul's writings to Timothy because it's easy for me to understand them. It's uh, very lineal and easy for a Gentile to process. So not very. It's not as cyclical as a lot of as the, like the Hebrew writings are. Like what? It's like changing subjects on you all the time. It's like what? And then you know. Yeah, Romans is totally like that. Yeah. And uh, even though it's Romans, um, you're like, well, are we talking about Israel? Are we talking about the church? Which one are we talking about? You know, you kind of have to have... Yeah, it's right. Yes, I am. I'm talking about both. And so you got to know how to discern all that. Romans is very technical. Uh, I just encouraged one of our brothers, they wanted to teach Romans to kids. I might want to back up on that and teach Ephesians, because really Ephesians is a mini-Romans, and it's a lot easier to get your head around. 
in uh, um, uh, Romans. When it came to Heartland, I actually a lot of the, my, the base vision for HBF is based out of Ephesians, Ephesians chapter four primarily, but the whole book of Ephesians. Uh, and uh, I mean, people don't know that, but it's because it's just if you said, okay, get all your doctrinal, you know, distill everything down to some simple points, a vision statement and a mission statement and some goals and objectives for a church plant. Now here's the book of Romans. You know, <laughs> and you're like, okay, where do I begin? You know, yeah, there's a lot there. So here's a book of Ephesians. Oh, okay, now I can walk, I can war, I can, okay, I get it. I get it. Okay, I can work with this. It's a lot easier. I can build, fitly join, fitly frame. There's all these other really just simple constructs that you can get your head around and understand uh, to put some meat on those bones. But anyway, so um, well, God's Word's amazing. Uh, so we'll we'll stop there as far as uh, for tonight, and uh, um, we will file these away. This overview, <coughs> and and away we go. Does anyone want my teaching notes? Because I'm done with them. Seriously, if you want the details, you can have them. Because I'm gonna, I'll probably put them in the trash because I got them on the computer. So if you want those, you can have them. There you go. All right. So. <coughs> um, uh, we'll go ahead and get in. Oh, thank you. That was 25 minutes.